0: This episode is brought to you by my MySir tracking spreadsheet. You've heard me speak about the importance of tithing. And this time of year, the month of Elul is perfect for accounting, not just spiritual. We want to make sure that we fulfilled our obligation of tithing. As fiduciary agents of God's money, we want to close our year with the books in order. Why? Because we're about to enter a new year in which God decides again, how much bounty he will provide us with. And that provision depends to a large extent on how good of a financial manager we've been. So if you've been been wanting to commit to this mitzvah of ma'aser or tithing, one for which God guarantees wealth, I've created a simple MISER tracking spreadsheet or tithe tracker so that you do your tracking for this past year and close the books with accuracy and or start your new year fully committed to tracking your MISER accurately and diligently. Download your free MISER tracking spreadsheet at JewishLatinPrincess.com forward slash tithe tracker that's com forward slash tithe tracker jewish latin princess episode 188 barry lyman dating coach and creator of meet to marry you're listening to jewish latin princess podcast by yael every week get your dose of inspiration from the world's most uniquely talented jewish women and from yael herself Seeking profound and practical ways to live a joyful, richer, Jewish life? Welcome to Jewish Latin Princess podcast. And now, Jewish lifestyle expert and bilingual blogger at jewishlatinprincess.com, your host, Yael. Welcome to Jewish Latin Princess, everyone. I'm Yael Trash, your host. How much would you pay to find your soulmate? Seriously. I never thought about it myself, but how much might it be costing you to stay alone and the time or in unhealthy relationships? You know, perhaps it's time to rethink dating and invest more in ourselves so that we can date, not just to date, but to actually find the one, assuming that that's what we want, right? To talk about this, I have a friend of the show here today, Barry Lyman. Barry is a dating coach, author, and the creator of Meet to Marry, the program that she's developed over, over a decade, actually, of doing this kind of work and through which she's helped countless singles to find their soulmate. I won't say names, but some of these women who've been through Barry's program and gotten married have been guests on this show. Barry and I recorded this interview before she was featured on the August 21st edition of the New York Times, and you can check that awesome piece online. Today, we address some of what the New York Times also touched upon. We talk about our blind spots and the process of empowered dating that she preaches and teaches. How do we become an empowered dater? And what about the pressure to find the one lest we get lumped into that? category of something is wrong with her and the problems in the popular matchmaking process that so many singles face today. Barry helps her clients get to a place where they can be the one to meet the one. We go into the role that money plays into dating. Of course we do. When do we talk about it and how do we talk about it? And what about well-meaning relationship advice from those who love us most? Ladies, If you're single or have a dear friend who is, this show is for you. Plus, Barry has a special offer for you to book a strategy call with her at meettomary.com forward slash Jewish love. Here's the lovely Barry Lyman. Simon, welcome back to Jewish Latin Princess. Although you know, we're in this transition, I should really say Jewish money matters. We've talked about this thing before. Listeners, you are so patient. But you know, I told you, Barry, we can't keep waiting for branding and colors and all the things we're just adding value. And these interviews are where the value is at. So thank you for being part of this. You're not a (laughs) newbie to the show. Thank you for being here again. Welcome. Thank you so much. Yael. I'm so excited to be here with you. We go way back. Yeah we go way back, I think you were one of my first guests on this show, possibly almost five years ago. And it's so really great to reconnect and catch up with what's happening in your life and what's happening in the world of meet to marry your company and your work. So I'd love to get us started, even though some listeners may have heard that interview, I think it'd be really nice for listeners, if you give us a little bit of the backstory of how you got involved with this mission of helping people find true love, helping people find their soulmate, helping people get married, right? Um, Because it's very interesting. You've been at it for well over a decade. And very often I have people in the show who are in the middle of pivots or who have pivoted, myself included, but you've been really consistent and you've had tremendous growth in this mission. So how did you get so involved in
1: this? So yeah, it really is. Um, it's such a passion and a mission for me. And I got started because I was one of the singles that was so stuck for so many years. It really started because from the beginning I didn't know what I was doing in love, and I got. Caught mystery dating. Hmm. I date emotionally unavailable guys from the beginning. You know, the first one, you know, in, in high school, my first boyfriend turned out to be gay. That was such a heartbreak. <laughs> <laughs> it really says a lot. <laughs> right. And then after that, I was in college working full time, um, going to college full time. And I met a handsome, charming guy, Jewish. And you know what? He turned out to be a closet heroin addict.
0: Hmm.
1: It was really awful. But I I was with him for a number of years. I made him into my project, and I just continued. Even when I met a nice guy, it just always it just didn't work out. I always felt like there was something wrong with me. I dated narcissists, and it always looked good in the beginning. And then there came a point when I realized something was definitely not right, and what wasn't right was really me. Mm. And even in spite of all the personal growth work I'd been doing, it was all intellectual and conceptual. And then, you know, thank God I figured it out. I I learned how to get unblocked in love and create a plan. And thank God I'm married to my husband, Michael, my soulmate, like 16 years
0: And I love that we're getting, we get to have this conversation because I know you and I are so both so passionate about marriage. I know you and your husband, you have a beautiful marriage. We know you for many years, you know, how I feel about marriage, you know, my relationship. So I think it's, you know, it really says a lot that, that you were able, like you said, you were able to see the blind spots finally, and find the person with whom you've been able to build a life together in a beautiful relationship, despite its challenges. Nobody says it's easy. Of course, you've been through a journey together, but a real life journey that has given you meaning and purpose and growth, right? So why don't we go to the blind spots? Because I know that's a lot about a lot of what you do with this singles, you often talk about these dating blind spots, you lived it yourself, you see it in your students, what is that?
1: So a blind spot is something about ourselves that we really don't know is affecting us and is actually causing us to be blocked and to repel the very thing that we want the most. So key to finding your soulmate and to be connected to ourselves is the idea and the ability to be vulnerable. And in our past, in our childhoods, there are things that happen where our needs are not met or we're not understood. Sometimes maybe our mother is critical or maybe our parents are divorced or we're not getting what we need. It's truly it's really the human condition. And because of these things that are sometimes subtle and sometimes not so subtle, we put walls up and we block ourselves from having love. And then we go out there totally unprepared to find mm. to find what we need so an example is when we're afraid of being hurt or we feel we're worried about being judged or misunderstood you know what really happens is we actually attract people unconsciously this is not something we would ever do purposely who we attract people we get into a pattern of attracting people who make us feel either abandoned or misunderstood. It's kind Mm. of like, you know, an energy. So we don't even realize, so we're not prepared, but on the outside, everything looks good. It looks fine because we are maybe successful at work or great in school, or we have a lot of friends. When it comes to love and intimacy and vulnerability, and we're afraid, and then again, we attract just what we don't want. We don't know how to get out of it because we're talking about, you know, being seen at such a level. And that's what happened to me until I figured out how to get out of that blind spot problem.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Everything is coming at you in a way that's not working and making you unhappy. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you don't know what you don't know. And that's why it's really a blind spot. Mm-hmm. So,
0: so do you help your students gain the awareness of where the blind spot is? Totally.
1: So it's, a, it's a, uh, an end-to-end approach, mm-hmm. right? In order to find our soulmate, we mm-hmm. need to be ready. And so often we're not ready. We want to be ready, but we're not ready because we're blocked in certain areas. So yes. So the first phase of the process of readiness is to become integrated and awake with a new lens about ourselves, about where we're blocked. Hmm. So it's not about, okay, let's go find the right guy or find the right person. It's not about that at first. So first it's about rediscovering yourself, removing those barriers to intimacy, those fears and those limited beliefs, because sometimes we can't see them. Right. 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 And and once we remove those and we become integrated and truly ready for vulnerability and clarity and being true to ourselves, meaning we all need something different in a relationship. Right. So it's getting ready first, removing the blocks, having clarity, having those words. And then the second phase, which we can talk about, is actually then finding that person as an empowered dater. So it's a two phased approach. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I want to talk about this empowered dater concept, but I, I'm what I'm, I'm, I'm still want to dive a little bit deeper into this. Just, you know, I remember, um, and I am curious to see what it was, what was your experience, but I remember thinking before I got married, that maybe a part of me thought that maybe I was a little bit doomed because my parents went through a divorce. And I think there was a level of, feeling like this wouldn't work out or that, you know, fear of getting hurt and going through that pain again. Right. And I, I do remember that leap of faith that I took. I remember it vividly when I said to my husband, yes, like, this is it. We're getting married. Right. Um, so there is that element. And I, I, I kind of recognized that this thing was holding me back. And unless I just like pushed through, I was going to get stuck. Right. Um, So, you know, I wonder where I'm going with this is I wonder if there's an element of number one, what we experienced growing up. And number two, could it be that also there's an age element, meaning the do is 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 getting stuck a function of age. Do we get more stuck the older we get?
1: No, so that's a great question. So, what I noticed having done this uh, working with singles for so many years, and in my own experience, is this is a generational pattern.
0: A really ah.
1: Generational pattern. So, when our parents are divorced, very often we're just not prepared for love. We have a fear of abandonment, a fear of getting hurt. And then we kind of recreate that in the people that we're meeting and that we're dating. And it's, it's very, it's very painful, right? We recreate the familiar. Yeah. And it's, um, so for example, if someone's mother was, let's say someone's mother was critical unconsciously, we come to a place of self-protection and we make a decision about ourselves on some emotional level that maybe I'm not good enough, or I don't deserve and then that energy and that vibration sometimes causes us to be overachievers, or we try and look for love and validation from the, from the wrong people, people who mm-hmm. can't validate us, people who can't see us, maybe someone who is critical. And so it's not an age thing per se, it's more of a human thing. Mm. And, and what a lot of people do is they try to solve this problem, maybe by going to therapy. And then in therapy, we're looking at that and we're analyzing it for a very long time, but it doesn't really give us access to freedom. It doesn't give us access to making new choices, to giving us the confidence that we really need to break that cycle. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then we just get older. so it really needs a new it needs an interruption. and that interruption gives us access to what you're talking about, which is taking a leap of faith and changing, removing the barriers, removing the fear of intimacy and really being able to be seen by another yeah. and invite in someone who can meet our needs. yeah a place of clarity. yeah.
0: Yeah. And I, and I feel that's exactly what happened to me. Like I ended up marrying somebody who was emotionally available and completely available, which Mm -hmm. is the opposite of what everybody else had been, which is a pattern that I saw in my family. Right. Um, even though like you described on paper and on a surface, they looked like great people. Right. Um, but it wasn't what, um, what I needed. It wasn't, it was definitely now Barry, um, I know that your students, your clients, um, your coaches, they come from, all over the Jewish world, the Jewish religious spectrum um, of observance. Um, Are there any differences that in that you're seeing um, among those who come from more observant circles? What are the patterns that you're noticing, if any? Yeah.
1: So I'm noticing the humanity of all of this and how much we all need love. We all need to be seen. We Mm -hmm. need connection. It's so healing. And I'm noticing more and more that in the religious worlds, that some singles are feeling very left out. Now, it's one thing when you're 18 and you're 20 and you're getting, you know, you have parents that are matching for you and finding your Shidduch and, 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 and that way. But more and more people are feeling like their parents don't understand what they need they're getting older and older and, and they're frustrated. So I'm finding a big problem is if someone gets to be 25 and 28 and 30 and 32, when they're not yet matched, they haven't found that person. they kind of get lumped into a certain category where something is like wrong with them. Mm. And it's very painful. It's very painful for them. And I find too, that, that they, that, that often there's a lot of stereotypes where the women are, are, are labeled and lumped in as, um, their teachers, their social workers, they're nice, they're, they're good. And then the men are learning and mentions, and there's just like a long list of references, the problem is, is where's the humanity of who that person is, mm. what they're about, what their vision is, what they really want. And so an example is I was speaking with someone the other day, and the problem is, is she's getting, she's, she's being matched with people that she feels are just, you know, not what, not what she needs mm-hmm. that of men that are, um, emotionally available and and healthy and smart and you know clear about their vision she's not confident and that lack of confidence uh has her match up with uh matchmakers who are telling her that she's not the right look for the kinds of men that she wants what for years now that would mean that you have to be a certain look, and you have yeah, to yeah,
0: I, I don't get that connection. What do you mean yeah. there's a certain look you have to be? Explain this to me because this is getting a little hard to swallow. Poor
1: girl. Know. It's very hard to swallow. The matchmakers that she is working with tell her that the, the these more successful guys want a certain look, they make her feel like she's not thin enough, that she's not sophisticated enough. When we know that it's such a contradiction, because in the Jewish world, we learn we're all part of Hashem, we all are a part of divinity, that each of us is unique and beautiful and special. But she certainly does not feel that way, which leaves her not having a, a pipeline or a funnel of great dates. And this is nine years that this is happening for her. And she's smart, she's well-educated. So, and and that would mean that only uh, skinny, uh, certain kinds of women, and it's so not true. It's so not true and it's so painful. So it speaks to not having the right team, that she internally has these walls and barriers and lack of confidence, which then puts out into the universe matchmakers who don't get her, who are not on the team, that are not like standing for her, mm-hmm. okay. and um, and she has siblings that are already married, which only exacerbates you know her lack of self esteem when it comes to intimacy. And and she admits that it's hard for her because the matchmaking paradigm isn't working. Then she tries to go out to events or do, uh, but even so, she will not allow herself to go and sit down and speak with the kinds of guys she seems to want externally and will sit and date, uh, talk to the one who is maybe, you know, I want to say, uh, more introverted or quieter. So that speaks to a, a blind spot where she is not connected to her value. She's not integrated. And then the world is occurring to her that way. And we want to change it hmm. and we're going to work together and change it. And she will find her soulmate because she's going to have a good team. She's going to be an empowered dater. She's going to get fully integrated. She's going to have the words, the skills, the tools to be connected to her truth.
0: And, you know, I, what you just said speaks, um, resonates with me because, you know, you just gave the example. But did you say that she does go sit and have a coffee with the guys that externally appear to what she wants and she doesn't sit with the introverts or the opposite?
1: She'll sit with introverts. Uh huh. Or the more, shall we say, um, you know, what she was saying is more like um, nebbishy or, you know, like quieter, like not the kinds of guys that she would feel that she would really want because of her lack of confidence in this area. Mm-hmm. Now, in the business world, she's very confident. Right. But in her dating life, she's not. And, it's, and nine years Nine right. years,
0: right? That's a really long, time.
1: So really
0: long time. It's beautiful that you've got to that word values and knowing yourself because, you know, it might very well be that she doesn't even realize I'm just projecting here my own experience that right. what she really needs is one of these more introverted amazing guys who really want to let her shine and be the star and whatever it is. Right. And she thinks she needs the superstar. I don't know. I don't know this person. I'm not the coach, but I'm just saying that sometimes we think we need something and that's not exactly what we need. And it goes
1: back to, we don't know ourselves enough. Right. So what, what a person really does need to know, in other words, with these quieter guys. So, so let's go back to the beginning. Every human being has certain needs. We have certain emotional needs, and most of us don't know what those are Mm -hmm. because of how we were raised. So, so based on how we were raised, we feel a certain way about ourselves. And often we become people pleasers and we want to look good on the outside to feel like we're valuable, to feel like we're okay, like we're good enough. But the problem is, is that, um, we, we're not clear. So it's not about the nebuchadnezzar or the not nebuchadnezzar. It's more about how do I want to feel in a relationship? Right. What is the whole vision and the picture? So I had a client once who, you know, we'll go back to the example of maybe a mom who was domineering and a father who was quieter, or sometimes, you know, we want everything to look good on the outside. Like the family dynamic looks great, but at home, there's some trauma going on. Yeah. So that causes us to be very confused about what we need. And then we go for a certain kind of a person and then we're repeating the pattern. Mm-hmm. So really, it's not about or It's not about super successful. It's about being so clear, so good in your skin that you find your soulmate Who you're attracted to, who shares your vision, your values, your goals, who religiously is on the same page. Because this woman that I'm speaking about, she could attract non Jewish men all day long. But of course, nothing would ever happen with that, right? It would nothing, it wouldn't go anywhere. So it's easy. So that tells us that she's settling and, and there's a fear of intimacy there. Wow. Once we remove those blocks, those barriers, separate from your past, separate from your childhood, and you're standing in your confidence and your clarity, you're owning your worth, right? You're integrated. Yeah. Then you go out as a whole person and you're able to sit and talk with anyone wh- about what you need, right? And how you feel. So it's not about, oh, when I meet the right person, then I can feel confident yeah, about myself.
0: Exact. I get exactly right. what you're saying, right? You're able to have those conversations and also allow to really hear how you're feeling with that person. Do you feel support, supported? Do you feel natural? Do you feel understood, right? Like all those things, because now it's just about getting clarity on what, where's the connection
1: level here, right? That's right. So it speaks to my, my motto the mantra and the principles of my work is that to find the one we have to be the one. Yeah. So that means that true vulnerability is coming from a place of wholeness within ourselves, not coming from a place of unconsciously while my mother was critical or my father wasn't there for me or didn't understand me because then we're dating as a wounded child, really, and then attracting from that place. Mm-hmm. So what we want to do is clear that so that we're coming from a place that's future focused and whole but we don't fix it by analyzing it because we already know in a 5 minute conversation okay my mother was critical. Why was she critical? Because she's not so confident within herself because her mother criticized her. Right? Mm-hmm. And then so so it's like a it's like a family dynamic. So what we do is we break that cycle have you come from a place of wholeness which is so jewish right, right? so tauridic right that we're we're whole and then we own we're clear we we design like hashem design, designs the world from nothing right, right? From utterances from clarity and then we can go out and embody what we really want understand it see it even before date number 1 yeah right yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 It's such a different energy, right? Because it's not. I need like, you're, you're serving me. I need you like this, like, you know, like you're part of my, my process of healing. No, no, no. It's like, I'm complete. You're complete. We can embark on a journey together. It's just so
1: different. It's so different than, uh, I need this one's approval and that one's approval. And that many from singles feel shunned and judged in the from community, because on the one hand, we, we learn that everyone has their journey, but really they feel judged. Like what's wrong with her that she's still single or what's mm. wrong with him. Right. And and, they, and there's nothing wrong because all humans, right. This is our journey. So, so we kind of change the paradigm. So you come from wholeness and then from that energy and that vibration, Then we can assemble the right team, a matchmaker who gets it, right? Mm. Because we have a profile that that speaks to who the person is, not just a nice, you know, a nice girl who's a teacher, right? Humanity, and then we can envision and attract the right person from a place of wholeness and design and creation, and then you're in a conscious marriage that is not about work. It's not about work. It's more about empathy, connection, a plan. This is what we're about, right? I feel for you. You feel for me. I want for us. Yeah. It's a very different thing than compromising or, or hard work. Your, your family, you're building. Yeah. yeah. I get fired up about it.
0: <laughs> no, I, I I hear you. And you're not walking on eggshells all the time. You know, sometimes people go into these relationships and it's like, oh. you don't want to do the wrong thing because it's gonna upset them. You don't wanna know. It's like this no. place where we're just seamlessly comfortable with each other.
1: And and the and the dating and the prep is all of that. And that's why there's so many divorces or or people unhappy or stigma around marriage, because people aren't ready and they're still wounded but they think they did the work, but, but they really haven't. So it's about, it's about real prep, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: clarity within ourselves. And it's not about being perfect. It's about being you. Mm -hmm. It's about being yourself and having a clear vision. And then the dating is about meaningful conversations about that vision. Like you and Matt are such a perfect example. (laughs) We met you in Israel all those years ago. We were both newly married, weren't we? Yeah, we were, we were. And you guys are so mission driven and and partners and, 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 and seeing each other and healing. It's, it's, it's very powerful. And at 16 years yeah. with my husband and I, it's like that same original mission is what we're building today. And he's made of those core values that allow a marriage to endure. We were from for a while and then we less so and then we became uh, plant based together and we you know what i mean you're your partners you're on the same page loving and seeing each other. Yeah. So yeah. i don't find that work i find that like stimulating and you yeah. feel safe. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's a very safe journey. It's a very, very safe journey. I agree. I agree. And it's not that we haven't gone through challenges that we've had to work things, oh. but it's just always been this vision of, and we're going to get through this and we're in it together. You know, it's not, never been an antagonistic thing. Like you're out to get me, I'm out to get you. Um, And I think that is, you know, we just actually spent the last three weeks Alone, we had an empty nest for the first time, and I said, "I'm so grateful, like that we (laughs) have, like this. This is proof of the marriage that we have. Like we were so happy to be together, like literally felt like the first year of marriage. We had so much
1: fun, literally doing nothing, like going to the grocery store, you know." (laughs) Exactly, and that is 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 a different paradigm than how we grew up, where there was oh, yes. uh, divorce. So the truth really is, it's so Torah, is that a, is a healthy relationship is actually so healing because we married men who are healthy, right? And able to give and able to see us because we were able to, we are able to receive Mm -hmm. as opposed to in our childhoods where there is abandonment and dysfunction. So we don't have to repeat that pattern. And then for your children, you're modeling for your kids, intimacy, partnership, healthy, love, transcending challenges, as opposed to fear of abandonment and all the old paradigm stuff. So we're talking about creating something beautiful
0: that endures. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so I think what you just described before is this idea of the empowered dating, right? That you, you, you talk about so much and you've just told us how it is very Jewish to be an empowered dater, right? It is It is. Yeah. I, I'd love, I'd love to segue into how you've seen money, um, Affect the process. Um, how often do you see, Barry, that money mindsets or money stories that we're carrying around are coming in the way of finding the right spouse? And furthermore, if we can get to it too, how are people navigating these conversations, financial conversations during the dating process? Because I know You're on the same page with me about this, that this is important to do. And I don't know if it's encouraged enough, but let's see first, what are the issues, if any, that you're seeing when it comes to money stories and patterns?
1: So what you're speaking of, it is a very important conversation. It's a very important topic. So really what we're speaking of is two things. We're speaking of coming from a place of abundance and not scarcity and we're coming t- to a place of meaningful conversations around creation and partnership and what we want. So let me give you an example. Mm-hmm. So my husband and I, were, co- we're, we're, we're about partnership and we're about abundance. So when I met my husband, I had a lot of debt <laughs> because I didn't grow up learning really about I wanted to to create abundance, but I was not uh, masterful at saving. And I always felt like I, I love to make and I'll make more, which is not not great. And, and I'm a visionary. And my husband is like project management style, organized, you know? So together we came together and we decided how we wanted to do it, which was put everything together. He helped me working as a team. I knew I wanted a partner I would work with. So together, you know, he kind of has created for us this ability to some money goes here, some money goes into an investment account, some money goes here, some money goes here, pay yourself first, how we handle vacations, how we do this. So, so that we're doing it as a team, yeah. and there's no shame about money, right? Mm-hmm. So often we take our childhood traumas and what we didn't have and the lack and we bring it in and we have fear. And then we're thinking about prenuptials and all this stuff and will this person. T- so these conversations around money, around our vision, around our ultimate goal, how we want to raise children, what kind of schools we want to send them to. Nope. Our daters talk about these things. Nice. Like from the beginning. Right from the beginning. Of course, you have to. You have to. And, and we see how it feels and how it resonates and and, and what we want. So in the beginning, I'm saying we're really talking about the vision, kids, family, you know, we're talking about it to feel how it feels. And would we be great partners? Mm-hmm. Would mm-hmm. our styles mesh? If you're strong at this, like my husband loves numbers and organizing and spreadsheets. I don't know anything
0: about husbands like that. Nothing.
1: (laughs) Our husbands are very similar, right? You're like, you're the vision and the creator. And right. So, so yes, it's very important to speak about that and to come to it from a place of blank slate, knowing myself separate from the past, because if not... We bring scarcity, we bring doubt, we bring limited beliefs, we bring stories, and then we project mistrust onto the people that we're with or that we're dating. And it's a cycle. So yeah, the work that you're doing is so key for people to feel abundant, to feel free. We can love, we love our family of origin, but that doesn't mean we want to necessarily create a marriage like our parents did. Exactly, right?
0: Exactly. Exactly. And money is such a huge part of marriage. Oh. I
1: mean, it's like,
0: <laughs> you can't escape it, people, you know, <laughs> you really can't. And, and so it's very good that you're, you're encouraging your, your students to, to talk about these things. And, you know, I would say, even ask The straight out questions like I just I remember and I give my husband so much credit for this and I felt what a confident guy like he's like, I want you to know this is how much I have in savings. I have zero debt. I have this in investment and I would like to hear what you have like. And boom! This is so important. Like there, right. there's no shame. It's not. He wasn't judging me. He was just saying it's important for us to talk about this. I want you to know what I'm bringing to the table, and I want us. I want you to be feel comfortable telling what you're bringing to the table because we're gonna
1: work this out. You know. That's right, and it's from a mindset. And, and you're not having this conversation on your first date. No, you're not. It's happening very early on because you're talking about your vision and your goals. So it's really about, and it's it happens pretty quickly.
0: We had it before we got engaged for sure.
1: Oh my God. It, right. Exactly. It's really about life design. Mm-hmm. That how do I see this vision? What is my vision? It's from a place of curiosity, from a place of, this is my strength. This is my strength. And we have these now one very important caveat that that we have to bring up or I would be remiss is that often people say, oh, I have these conversations with uh, the people that I date, but it never works out. So here's the caveat. Mm. If we're in the old paradigm not clear, not ready, still maybe attracting our fathers or our mothers, we could have these conversations till we're blue in the face, but you're still unconsciously attracting people who are this mirror to your fears. So it doesn't matter what the conversations are if if we're not right. So we have to get right, get ready, get clear, get free of the past, be in a future focused paradigm, and then create a pipeline of the, of the people that can meet your emotional needs, your vision, your values, your goals, then it's a different paradigm. Yes.
0: Yeah. And another caveat that I'll add is that when you have these conversations, the fact that the numbers, the numbers might not be like super stellar, right? It's not about, oh my gosh, like I thought he would have a trust fund or I thought, you know, it's not about that. It's about, okay, what does that mean for the relationship? What are we going to do about this? Where do we see this going? Because we're in it to grow, right? It doesn't mean, and, and of course there are, there could be red flags, you know, things that are really go against your values. And this is why we're having these conversations. Right. But we're not we're not saying discount the person who doesn't have already a million dollars when he's 40. That's not exactly what we're saying.
1: No, what we're saying is is what is our vision? What are the values? What are the goals? How would we how would we piece this all together? Because if you're not on the same page, you're not on the same page and that's fine, then you're not going to make great partners like in a business. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's really about assessing what can we build together? Like I knew I wanted a partner, a husband where we can build a business together, build a whole life together. Yeah. And that's what I saw in him. And so over the years, that's what we've been doing and and with him, I always feel safe, I always feel taken care of through the ups and the downs and 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 knowing that no matter what happens, this man has my back mm-hmm. and it was the same guy that I dated then because that's what he was made of. Mm-hmm. So, so that's the thing. But in the old paradigm, then we're looking for intellectual, you know, successful, rich, but we're not looking at the emotional side. We're not looking at the whole thing. We just want it to be impressive so that my mother's impressed. and the Yes.
0: Impressed. Yes. But- so that my mother's impressed. How
1: many of us do that? Yes. But, but if you think about it, if you really think about who singles are taking advice from, so I'll give you an example. Um, I, I was speaking with a woman on a strategy call who had, you know, her mother, her father was narcissistic and everything looked good. And her mother, clearly, if you're married to a narcissist, your needs are not being met. It it just is because a narcissist is but, but the mother was in that kind of a relationship. And here's a woman who's in her fifties with grown kids. She had a very traumatic marriage, married to a narcissist. who was like her father and, and then the same kind of dating alcoholics. And, and she's successful, this woman. So when we talked about changing the paradigm, because she does not want to end up alone, she wants something different. And here's the thing. When she told her mom she wanted to change this, this is the craziest thing. Her mom said, what's that going to cost you? Wow. But, but,
0: but, but. It's costing her her life.
1: It it already cost her. Yeah. She hasn't gotten love. She modeled no receiving to her kids. She has physical health ailments. She's gotten divorced. Divorce is very expensive. Yes. Right. So, so I said to her, she's going to take advice from her mom, who was never had love and was married to an artist. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So absolutely. We love mom,
0: but that we, love, is not- we love mom. And with all due respect to mom, I do remember, I really, when I talked about that leap of faith, I really have to work hard to say, this is a going against what my mother would envision the perfect guy for me is, but I know that vision is not right. I, I just, I knew it. That's I knew that everything that I was being fed a few years later, all I was hearing, Oh, do you know who and who got divorced? And I'm thinking, didn't you tell me three years ago how he was such an amazing person? Right. Yes. And so I knew in my gut, if I went with this picture, perfect type of guy that I was getting repeated, the message of, this is what you need. And I got it through all my entire young teenage years and young adulthood. I would end up like those statistics and even my mother wouldn't <laughs> see it, right? You can't see it because it's so in front of you. It's like the joke, right? So I had to consciously say, I don't care because this is my life that I'm building, right? Great. And, and she, was, she was petrified. Like my mother was petrified and that's okay. Mothers can do okay. that. And I love her. And you know what? 16 years later, I think she would openly admit, possibly in a closed circle, but it was the right choice,
1: <laughs> And that speaks to well-intentioned but very bad advice. In other words, you can't take advice from someone who really hasn't had the experience of healthy love. Exactly. She's trying to protect you, but from what? Right. Exactly. So she doesn't know healthy love herself, so we have to be very, very careful. Yeah, we have Um, to be very
0: discerning. We really, really have to. And Again, it goes back to getting to know ourselves, who we are separate from, who our parents wanted us to be, right? (laughs) Through all the expectations and what patterns do I want to break up from, you know, I could create a different pattern. Um, But it's it's called empowerment. We have to feel empowered to do that. And we can do it.
1: And we have to get true to ourselves. And we have to learn what we really need. Because advice really can only come from someone who has earned the right. If someone isn't in a healthy marriage or they've been in that very unhappy paradigm, you know, they're trying to protect you from something, but that's not what we want. So when I said that to the to the woman, she's like, oh my God, you're right. What's that going to cost you? That's scary. That's from a, what's it going to cost you? What's it already cost you? Right. It's costing her her life. Her life. Her whole life and every single day of not receiving and not having someone to really talk to, to rub her shoulders, to go on vacations with already her kids are afraid of love themselves yeah. and they're worried about her. So can this be solved? Absolutely. Yes, it can be solved. hundred yeah. percent. We can learn it, yeah. but not in a conceptual way, in a very practical way, because it doesn't matter what the past was about. It's about what you're committed to in the future.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let's get tactical. How does, give us a little bit of a taste of what does it look like when they're in working with you on, on the, on the nitty gritty?
1: So working with me is about creating a foundation for love that we didn't learn. It's about clearing the past, changing limited beliefs, becoming truly ready for love, getting integrated with yourself. So it's, it's a process that happens quickly in, in a matter of weeks. Mm. not years or months because I was in therapy starting at 12 because my father was bipolar and I had a lonely childhood and not prepared. So the good news is we can get prepared by, by again, becoming ready. And once we clear out from a place of a future focused place, looking at ourselves with a new lens, clearing the blind spots, getting very tactical about our value, most people will say, oh, I know I'm lovable. I know I'm worthy. But in my experience, it's only an intellectual understanding. Mm. And we have a wounded part of us that's unresolved and it's not something we can do ourselves. And it's not something we want to just analyze and do an archeological dig for years. So what we want to do is get strategic, Break through those barriers, become integrated, which takes courage and skills and tools. Mm -hmm. So it speaks to coaching. It speaks to content. It speaks to immersion. It speaks to, you know, daily practices and becoming real. And then once you become real, and then we can map out what's true for you, not what your mother wants, not what your grandmother wants, not what your neighbor wants, but what you need and want and then we become an empowered leader we learn how to you know show up in curiosity in in bringing in the right people who are aligned with your vision your values and your goals in saying no when it's to no and yes and having those meaningful conversations when it's right all the way to finding your soulmate
0: right and and i could see i could see how this could happen pretty quickly. Once we start the empowered dating, once we get there, I could see how this is. It's, it's a matter of a short amount of time till you just find the right person.
1: It is. It's a 90 day process. Really? It is right. Yeah. So in that 90 days we handle, but again, you have to realize it's not an archeological dig because we don't need to analyze. And, and, and therapy definitely has its place when you need to be heard. You need to be understood but it's definitely open-ended and it's not goal-oriented. And that was part of my frustration. So what, what singles really need is a new approach that's future focused and clear based on who they really are. It's healing. So it's like new construction, right? And then you're able to go into this process true to yourself with your voice based on what you really need. Having the right team, the right plan, it's like a plan. It's a plan. And yeah, it happens pretty quickly.
0: Barry, it really does sound amazing. And I, I want to
1: hear, I want to hear where do we, where do we get this? How do we get to work with you? Yeah. So basically the best way to do that is to come to the a booking page where we can do a strategy session with me or one of the members of my team who are graduates of the program and so happily married. So the best thing to is book a strategy call. And it's for people who are ready for change, who are ready to find their soulmate, and are ready for this level of transformation to see it differently. And what we're going to do is we're going to jump on the phone for 45 minutes to an hour. We'll look at nice. what's working. We'll look at what's not working. And most importantly, we're going to look at your goal, what you want to achieve, and then we'll lay out a plan for making that real. Oh, I love that! I love that! I think we have—we should all have those
0: strategy calls. Okay, <laughs> so um, I'd love for you to tell us um, where we can book that call, um, and then I want to do something that I do at the end of every show, which I call Jewish Money Matters. Fill in the blanks. You might may remember Ooh. some of these from before. Um, so tell us again what's the link where we can book that that
1: call? MeetMary dot com slash Jewish Love.
0: Oh, I love that. Okay, everybody meet to slash Jewish love. Amazing. Okay. So now it's me to do some trivia with you. All right. Okay. okay. So Mary Lyman, let's start with Tzedakah or meiser. When I give Meister or Tzedakah, I like to give
1: two. friends of the IDF.
0: Wow. Nice. I know. It's so important. I love them too. You know,
1: it's so important. And so many lone Jewish soldiers, and we need them. Their souls. They're so important. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 I'm a big yeah. Friends of the IDF. Everybody. Big. 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 Important cause. Okay.
1: I'd love to make more money because I, I want to give more sedaka and more charity. I I feel so strongly about compassion in the world for for people, for animals, and yeah. I mean that's that's really my purpose. More love, less strife. Less hate. Less anger. Less war, live and let live. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And we can do so much with our, with our money,
1: right? With that, that resource, we can help so many. If we're not abundant, we can't build schools. We can't eat healthy. We can't, yeah, we need to be abundant.
0: uh, Absolutely. Something I wish I'd learned about money growing up is.
1: Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) How much time do you have for that? Managing money, Hmm. managing money is one of those things I wish i learned. I, knew I wanted to make it and I was very motivated but managing money is so is so key yeah
0: yeah that's a big one I agree with you on that one money do you
1: feel it's spiritual or physical oh I think it's totally both yeah. I think it's very spiritual because money is energy and it affords us the opportunity to grow to give to change and Hashem gives us money because we're good stewards of it yeah. and we have to love money we have to feel abundant to have it. And then physically, we can build things, we can travel, we can share. Yeah,
0: yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. We can change somebody else's life, like literally Uh feed somebody, put them through school, you know? Um, Yeah. Something I splurge on unapologetically is...
1: Oh my God, healthy food. Yeah, you're very big on that. Good for you. We are plant-based and I really believe in eating well and juicing and eating plants and, you know, eating well so that we can serve and we can be healthy. You know, I'm very big on uh, a lot of the diseases that people have come from what we're putting in our bodies. So we can eat nourishing, delicious, whole plant-based foods without harming animals or the planet. So I love that. Yeah. (laughs) I'm curious,
0: was Michael on the same page on that when you guys first got married? Was no. No.
1: He was open to it. And then we approached it because I got sick. I wasn't feeling well I was I had mercury poisoning from fish and I was exhausted and I had candida and all kinds of physical problems from the mind body relations problems too. so together we came to it did a detox learned about, you know, uh, food being fuel, and going to plants and high vibration. Foods. So we did it together. He came very to us nice. from, uh, yeah. So we grew together in that. Very nice,
0: Barry Lyman. Saber or spender? What would you say? Oh,
1: both, both, yeah. uh, both, both, both. I, I feel like we need to take care of ourselves. We need to nourish ourselves, um, and it's also very important to be able to. Saved. So
0: I think it's a balance. Yeah. Yeah. It's a balance. You know, it's very interesting. I was just talking to somebody or I was recording on an episode, this idea of self-care, right? Often what gets left out of the narrative is that managing our money and taking care of our future financial needs is an act of self-care. So it's not just, you know, organic foods and massages and all the things. Those things are really important.
1: But we also, like you said, we got to manage our money. We have to manage our money and you know i'm so big on personal growth and mentorship like learning about money how to manage it where we're blocked with it like working with you
0: yeah you know, these like, things are really important
1: uh today i am grateful for oh my god i'm grateful for so much i think gratitude is receivership i am grateful for my husband who's always there for me that i was able to find him and grow and change I'm grateful for the property, my life, my health, my amazing clients, the ability to, you know, to be free and to make a difference so yeah. much.
0: Beautiful. You make a big difference. And finally, I'm Barry Lyman. And
1: I believe Jewish money matters because... Because we're here for Tikkun, Tikkun Olam, right? To, to grow, to change, to make a difference. And Jewish money matters so that we can change ourselves and therefore change the world.
0: So, yeah. Absolutely. Thank you, Barry, for this beautiful work that you continue to do. You do so much um, for the Jewish community and singles out there. And it's really a, a labor of love and you're creating love. I mean, come on, building helping people find their soulmate. What could be greater than that? I just absolutely love it. And I encourage anybody listening to go find you on the website to go sign up for that strategy call. Um, and if it's not you, maybe it's your sister, or your sister in law right, or your best friend. Um, but uh, let's do it because there is so much joy and fulfillment and growth that comes out from the experience of marriage. And we're here to grow and to serve.
1: We really are. It's so important. It's healing. Yeah. And your work, yeah, is so important because people need to feel abundant, learn how they're blocked and to be able to open up yeah, to, to money and peace.
0: Thank you, Barry. We're going to be sure to find you and that strategy call we can book at meetumary.com forward slash Jewish love. Jewish love. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much for everything that you do. Thank you so much. You too, Yael. Thanks again to Barry Lyman for stopping by. You can find her at meettomary.com and you can book a strategy call with her at meettomary.com forward slash Jewish love. Thanks for being here, everyone. I'm glad to be back, back recording amazing episodes. I went away on a fabulous vacation in the Caribbean and I'm just glad that I had the opportunity and that I get to do work that I love. If you enjoyed this episode, why don't you click that share button and WhatsApp it to a friend? They will probably be really grateful. You'll be doing them a huge favor. And while you're at it, you can do me a huge favor also by going down the iTunes review section. Just scroll down on your podcast app screen and leave a review and rating. These are the most helpful. And we will be picking a reviewer of the week every Friday on our AskGL episodes. Up this week, we have mini sods and a super important Ask L this Friday, addressing the difference between a trust and a will with special co-host Natalie Gold. So stay tuned for that. Thanks for being here, everyone. Once again, share the love by leaving a review and rating, and you can always share the show with another Jewish woman you love. I'll be here tomorrow. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode... Please subscribe on iTunes, leave a rating and share the podcast with the Jewish women you love. To access today's show notes, ask Yael a question or suggest a uniquely talented Jewish woman to be featured on the show, visit JewishLatinPrincess.com.